0: I see something that needs to be and it doesn't exist, then I'm like, I'll create it. I decided while I was overseas that I needed to do work that really, really mattered, not just work that was fun. And I started a nonprofit
1: organization. That's Alicia Adamson. And this is the Powerful Ladies podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy. And in this episode, I am very happy to introduce you to the powerhouse that is Alicia Adamson. She and I met working at Reebok, which feels like a million years ago. And since then, we've followed very similar paths in creating spaces to empower women and really encourage others to step into their power. She started a nonprofit. She's a mother, an author, speaker, consultant. And she's here to guide you into your infinite possibilities. I'm so excited to get to spend my morning talking to you today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let's tell everyone who's listening who you are, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. Okay, Um,
0: my name is Alicia Adamson, formerly known as Alicia Kennedy, (laughs) Um, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts, all the way on the other side, Mm -hmm. and I am up to a lot of things. It's interesting. I think um, we'll probably get into it, but I'm in that nonprofit life. I'm in the entrepreneur life, mom life, Mm -hmm. you name it.
1: Well, let's start at the beginning. How did you become an entrepreneur? Let's start there.
0: Well, wow. Um, I think it's just something that you are sometimes born with. And I'm a why person. I want to know why. And I'm a problem solver. And so if I see something that needs to be and it doesn't exist, then I'm like, I'll create it. And so um, my first kind of entrepreneurial effort happened while I was working in corporate America, where we met. Yeah, And uh, I I decided while I was overseas that I needed to do work that really, really mattered, not just work that was fun. And I started a nonprofit organization.
1: And what is that nonprofit?
0: No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, At the time, this was back in what, 2005, I started a Black women's organization called the Young Black Women's Society which for me was um, an answer to a problem and a gap. And for 12 years, that organization took Boston by storm. It created a platform for Black women here before Black girl magic was a thing.
1: (laughs) We were before our time. Yes, you were. Um, What did you see either in corporate America or just your everyday life in Boston where you're like, we need this?
0: Yeah, I think that uh, there were two messages being kind of promoted. As a young Black woman in a f- Fortune 500, I felt very invisible. I felt that if I didn't have like a certain title in my name or even like a certain type of pedigree, that I was dispensable. And there were white men that and white women that made me feel that way. And then just the structure of corporate America, you know, the investment of people Mm -hmm. is shown by professional development, promotions, mentor opportunities, and that that was not happening. And then on the flip side, in Boston, there were not organizations outside of Greek or trade organizations that really looked at people my age. And I was 23 when I started the organization organization who were that next now generation uh, worth investing in. And there were, you know, a few people in a few places, but in terms of like a platform that cultivated and nurtured, that did not exist.
1: So when you started the nonprofit, was it something that you were doing on the side while you were still in corporate life? Or did you take a yeah. big leap? Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, if I had started that organization now, I probably
0: would have been able to work full time and get paid for that work uh, because there there is now a value to that work uh, with, with dollars attached. But back then, no, I worked day by day and by night.
1: So for people who are like, OK, I, there's a nonprofit that I see that we need or there's a space that I see that needs to be created. How do you start? How did you start?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think what's most important is that uh, you do your research. In Massachusetts alone, they are probably the last statistic that I knew over 200,000 nonprofit organizations, (laughs) right? And so I think that most people have a good heart and they want to be a solution, but we don't need to reinvent the wheel. And so I would suggest that people, one, write your vision down, make it very plain what you're trying to do because people are going to ask you questions. And I'm very thankful that um, I was able to get people to believe in, in what I was saying, but that was because I was very clear about the vision. Mm-hmm. And then do your research so that you can back up your assumptions so that they then become facts and, and that you, you have a business mind as it relates mm-hmm. to a nonprofit. That's very important.
1: When you first started going out and, and doing the work, what did that look like? Were you having meetings uh, locally? Were you providing resources? Like, what did you think was the critical first step to really make the impact that you wanted to?
0: Do you mean in terms of launching it as a nonprofit or actually once we got going, like the impact that we made? Uh, I Answer for both. <laughs> well, I wouldn't hear both then. Well, <laughs> I think in launching a nonprofit, because I get that question a lot, um, you know, right away we did not become a 501c3, but we ended up becoming a 501c3. So I know mm-hmm. all about that process. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of um, mystery around. How to start a nonprofit, and so I talked to people. I shopped the mission. It was a membership-based organization, which meant that people had to drink the Kool-Aid I was selling, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so they had to believe in what I was saying. Our mission was, and our mission was for you know black women to be empowered and to mm-hmm. be inspired to reach infinite possibilities. So, you know, I I had I had to model that, and I had mm-hmm. to. I had to talk about the why behind that. So I spent about a year uh, meeting weekly with the founding co-founders and the founding members mm-hmm. before we ever launched. And my background's in marketing. So I used um, some of my skill set, market research, understanding, you know, who the profile is of the woman who would join, thinking about price point, all the four P's of marketing. I don't even know if it's <laughs> still a thing after all these years. But I really kind of used my my educational knowledge to um, to launch us in a way mm-hmm. that felt um, that it was it was correct. Like I mm-hmm. did not want to come out the gate like bootleg. So I made sure that um, we we did everything right. And then once we launched, it was very scary. In fact, I was talking to one of the co-founders, who's one of my best friends, and she was like, "Alicia, you pushed us because I wasn't ready." Mm-hmm. But I remember our first meeting, we had like a, almost like an open house and about 50 black women showed up. And that was after a year of just saying with a, with a plastic banner with our name on it and a piece of paper and a marketing brochure that I would never show you my mom made for us. (laughs) (laughs) We, we filled that room and we, we accepted 25 members that first year. And that's when I knew that we were onto something.
1: Mm-hmm. How has the nonprofit changed your life?
0: Well, um, it changed my life tremendously. To whom much is given, much is required. And I was 23 years old. I had to be very professional, very serious, very on top of things very early. So in my 20s, you know, it's like, you know how celebrities, <laughs> they, they have to, You have to have a circle and you have to stay in that circle Mm -hmm. for like the things you don't want people to see. I always had to be on. And that was a lot of pressure, Um, even just in a membership based organization where people are your peers Mm -hmm. and you want to hang out. Maybe you want to party. But I had to be serious all the time. Sometimes I had to switch from, hey, girl, to. Did, did you email me that? <laughs> or you are, not, you are not being accountable. And so, so that, I think, made it very tough and it changed me. I learned a lot about my leadership style. I learned a lot about how I show up in rooms. I learned a lot how people experience me. I learned how to take feedback. First of all, I learned how when people, I've learned how to lead people who don't like you.
1: <laughs> and that's a big deal. That's a big deal because, you know, we as humans want to be liked mm-hmm. and being a leader means you are not going to be liked most of the time. Most of the time. So what, yep. how did, what did you, what did you learn? What can you share about that? So I have an example.
0: I'll never forget. I was getting ready for work. It was like 730 in the morning and I got this text and it was basically like, Alicia gets on my nerves. She does not respond to texts and blah, 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 blah. And it was from one of my leadership team members. (laughs) And I responded back and I was like, hey, I don't think you meant to send me this text. And she was so embarrassed. But I called her. And I said, I am sorry that you're experiencing me that way. And. The reason why I did not respond to you is because I have 100 other emails and I am thinking about everything all the time and not just one thing. And so if you can just be more patient, it was one of those things where, you know, people people are thinking about the thing that's on their mind, but they're not Mm -hmm. always thinking about the thing that is also on your mind. (laughs) And so there's this battle of priority. And what was important for me was to not even address hurt feelings in that moment, but to Mm -hmm. address that, I acknowledge your frustration
1: Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry I didn't get back to you, but that was, that was a hard thing. Stepping into our power is hard. It's scary. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people don't realize how much courage it takes to be like, okay, I'm going to have that conversation right now. Do you want to know what my superpower is? Of course I do.
0: It's forgiveness. I was writing in my, I just started a gratitude journal. Um, I'm big on journaling, which we could talk about. Cause you know, I have a book about that. And I think that one of, one of the things that I wrote, I think yesterday, I am, I am grateful for the power of forgiveness. I can't tell you how many mm-hmm. people that I've forgiven And that allows me to be powerful, to move and work with people who I know don't like me, who it doesn't even matter what they think about me, for people who have hurt me, like forgiveness is my superpower.
1: That's a good superpower to have. It's hard. Mm -hmm.
0: Most people, they, forgiveness is conditional.
1: That's so true. It's so true. Well, I do think it's important that we talk about your book. So tell us about the book and tell us about journaling.
0: Oh my gosh. So when you said, how did my nonprofit change my life? I, you know, for 12 years was leading a women's organization and a part of my own mission in life is to inspire people. And specifically, I've been in that space of women. And when I would speak on panels and different things, people would say to me, do you have a book? Like you have so much to say. And so finally I was like, well, I think I need to write something, but um, I didn't want to write a book that people just read. Mm -hmm. I am also like a doer. And so for me, I wanted people to get a tool. So the, the book is called Walking in Your Truth. And I really wanted it to be like instructional. So you're not just going to read it and think about the practices of what it means to walk in your truth, but to actually do that. And so the book is split into three parts. And the first part is like, okay, I want you to try this journaling thing out and I'm going to hit you with a very hard exercise right away. And some of my readers have, have responded back to me like, I, after your first exercise, I had to close the book because how are you going to get in my business like that? I'm not ready to answer that question. And the question was, uh, it's called No More Lies. And the question is, think about the lies in your life that you have been perpetuating as truth. And I want you to unpack that. No more lies. So for example, your lie might be, I'm successful. I'm happy. Everything's great. That's a lie. You're not. <laughs> so let's, let's have that talk with yourself. And I wrote this book in 2016, the end of 2016, and I'm going to re-release it actually in 2022 because it'll be five years. Because of the pandemic, I'm going to add um, a section because I think the pandemic actually forced people to face their truth, and people need help with that. They are still unpacking almost two years of being in confinement and to to face ones
1: oneself. Being honest with ourselves is. Sometimes the hardest thing that we do, you know there's a, a quote from a couple episodes ago about telling the truth is different than being honest, hmm. especially when we have to be honest with ourselves about ourselves- mm-hmm. you know what what from your perspective can people gain when they really step into that honesty?
0: Well, I think that the the biggest ROI is freedom and freedom is not free. (laughs) Although, you know, when you break down that word, freedom is not free. And so you, you have to put in work to be free. And you also have to recognize when, when you are in bondage. And I do this work a lot with women when I take them on retreats and I try to help them unpack their emotional baggage and their trauma. I am big on the why. So I try to take women back. Like, why are you like this? Why are you afraid? Why don't you have female friends? Why is it so hard for you to forgive? Why can't you let go? Because that, that is where the shackles are. That's where the shackles are. And, and, some, and some people are like, legit, their baggage is so heavy that they sink all the way to the bottom of the ocean. And it's it's like that visual and they're so heavy and that they're always feeling like they're drowning. But what they're not recognizing is like, OK, this is where I am and actually I can come out. So if you just release those shackles off your feet, your feet are free. If you just release those shackles off your hands, you're, you're free. And then you can swim up. And once you come up for air, now you can breathe. Now you can say, help. I need help. And that's like the biggest thing that I think once I released this book, I had to, um, <laughs> I had to walk the walk for real. Like this book for me released my own process of walking in my truth. And it has not been easy. I can't tell you to walk in your truth. If I don't go through my process in, in like in season of this book. And so when I kind of, work with people, I am speaking also from my own personal experience of knowing what it feels like to be down in that ocean mm-hmm. and anchor down and not even realizing that I'm not free. And then have being empowered to know like I can be free. And that helps me to become a powerful woman because I recognize that being powerful doesn't mean that you're perfect. Those two P's don't go together.
1: They sure do not. <laughs> They sure do not. Well, I would love then to ask you the question I ask a lot of our guests. When you hear the words powerful and ladies separately, what do they mean to you? And does it change when they're combined?
0: When I hear powerful, I think immediately my brain is trained to think about what we've been socialized to think about powerful. But now, like my definition of powerful is vulnerability it's It's tenderness, it's love. People who possess those virtues and those actions are powerful because you can move so many people and mountains with humility, with forgiveness and with love. And when I hear ladies, I think about all the messages that I've been told about, what it means to be a lady, a woman, and I think about one of the things that I've started to embrace that when I heard those two together, that word did not come up, but it is, it is the, the, um, the sensitivity of a woman,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: the softness of a woman that makes us so powerful. We We have spent so many years trying to live up to this, like, standard of what power is and power represents male and masculinity and all these things. But there is something special about when you're being a woman, we have this, this, this softness in us, this sensitivity to things around us that men just don't have. And that is a part of our superpower that because of how the world is, we have seen that as a weakness and it, and it can be used as that it can be a vulnerability that can present us as the weaker gender or, or set us up for, um, people to kind of treat us as second class. But now at, at almost 40 in two weeks, I've embraced my softness and I'm like, huh, there is something about this softness. Nobody else
1: can bring this to the table but me. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure as you're leading this organization and being an entrepreneur and being a mom, you probably have been weaving that in this whole time, just trusting your instincts and how you respond to things naturally. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, part of being a powerful lady is usually having powerful people by your side because we can't do it by ourselves. Um, how have the women in your life impacted you prior to running the organization and now of course you're surrounded by a lot more so since the organization as well
0: yeah um i do want to just name factually the organization that i founded it no longer exists um but that's okay cuz i do think that um nonprofits should go away once they reach their um their mission and i i am happy to say that we did reach our mission And so that particular nonprofit is no longer in existence, but it created a pathway for for others to come in and tackle the next challenges. Um, And so now I, you know, I work for a youth organization. I lead that, but and I still have my stuff that I do on the side. But my sister friends are really important to me um, more, more than ever because they are my village. They are women that knew me then, know me now and and anticipate what's to come and i appreciate those group texts <laughs> i appreciate the girls trips i appreciate our brunches and i don't have frenemies and i would say to powerful women don't don't keep people around that you can't trust the friends that i have they can be around my husband my children i could have a stack of money out like i don't i don't have people in my circle that i can't trust and so I feel good that I don't have people that are like hearing things, you know, about me and then going and telling another woman or we're at brunch and I'm just, it's so superficial and everyone's like, and look at what I'm doing and look at me and look, like, I don't, I don't have that circle. I have a (laughs) real group. I have a set of friends that we just tell each other the truth. And that is so awesome to me. Um, And I have a very strong relationship with my mother. Um, And my daughter, I have three children and I had a daughter three years ago. And that definitely has changed my life. In fact, she says something to me um, probably over the summer that really touched me. She said, Mommy, you're my best friend.
1: Oh, (laughs) just melts you, right? Yeah. 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 Well, I, I think it's, I love that you brought up the fact that the organization doesn't exist anymore because there's so many clients I work with who know that their business is time to like wrap it up and move on to what's next in their, their career path or their business life or just life in general. And it's a really hard thing for people to, to do, you know, to, to accept that just like other relationships, a business serves its time. And then it like, we need to let it go. Mm-hmm. I know, I've uh, I had before I did all of the business I have now. I had a nonprofit that coached nonprofits to get off the ground because I was so heartbroken seeing so many that you know had great intentions but no business skills and they just weren't working. Mm-hmm. And that that nonprofit ran its course for about five years, and I was like, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Like we're not able to fulfill our mission the same way we wanted to. You know, we have had great success with people who we helped, but like even for myself like my calling shifted mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was a hard decision to to close something especially people like you and I who like see possibilities and we can fix it and and we got this and to know like no it's okay like it's time to move on to what's next um what was that process like for you
0: it was it was tough because um prior to me like like leaving the organization around at, at, our 10 year anniversary, I stepped down as the ED. Um, you know, I was in full swing of like having children and all of that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just didn't have the stamina anymore for, you know, working full time and then, you know, emails 2 AM, you know, like that kind of that, that, um, that duality of, of two hustles. Right. And so, Um, The, uh, you know, the other women on my leadership team, they stepped up, which was awesome. And I was excited that I had, you know, a pipeline, but I think that, you know, once I had stepped away, um, you know, visioning us forward, we were set to actually expand the organization to other cities like Boston that really needed this work. But I think that at the time um, I wasn't able to commit the type of um, expansion time that was needed. And I have, you know, at the time I said to the ED, I was like, listen, we can wrap this thing up. It's okay. And I think it was hard for her because she, you know, they watched me birth this thing out of my apartment in Dorchester. And they were like, nah, like we, we, you know, they dragged it out because I think that they wanted to uphold the legacy and the hard work But you got to know to go out on top and know when to fold it. And I think we we had a struggle with that. But then, you know, I said, hey, I jumped back and I was like, listen, we're going to close this thing down. We're going to do it right. And we and 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 this is just now we have a legacy now. And that's it. It's Mm -hmm. okay.
1: Mm -hmm. It's okay. You made your impact. Right. There's been a ripple effect that that was the whole purpose. Mm -hmm. Purpose. (laughs) <laughs> Some things don't need to be dragged out, right? They they do not. It's it's true. Like learning to let go is is one of those powerful skills and it just gives you again that freedom, right? That the it's freedom is a word I wish more people were chasing in their lives. I really mm-hmm. do. It's so possible. Uh so what are you excited about as we are wrapping up 2021 and going into 2022?
0: So I am excited about my new work. Um, You know, my I'm trying to make my side hustles more of my just my work. Right. Because when you I think you mentioned it earlier, but my calling, my purpose is is to be a creator. I am a creator of tools. I'm a creator of of things. And so, uh, as I said, I'm going to re-release my book. Um, with a new section to support people through this pandemic, the the kind of affects of it. Um, second, I am launching actually in two weeks a a show. I don't want to call it a podcast. I don't want to call it a talk show, but the show is called The Work with Alicia Adamson. Work W E R K and it stands for working on everything requiring knowledge. So really the, the 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 vision for it is for me to have amazing guests to talk through like the work that they're doing because I'm I, that is that is my why is like you got to do this work. Like if you want to be a better person, you want to be an entrepreneur, whatever it is that you want to do, you got to put in that work. And I think more people need to know and I say this every time I have a public speaking engagement. You see the product, but you don't know the process. And I want to walk people through the process. Like I want to go behind the scenes so that people don't get like all this fluff because they see <laughs> yep. you just like I'm sure they see you and they're like, oh my God, your life is so perfect. Um, No, I wish I could just <laughs> show you the tears, the times I was on the floor crying in the shower or when I doubted myself, you know, all those things. And so I want to talk to people about that. So I'm launching that from so really excited about in my consulting company, which is the ACA group, which is stuff that I've been doing, but I just, you know, I've just been doing it on the side. I consult on a lot of different things, but I'm just really happy to kind of package it up and let people know um, about the work that I'm doing to help them essentially. I'm just a servant leader.
1: Yes, you are. Uh, so for anyone who's like, I need your help, who is a perfect client for you in your consulting?
0: Yeah. So I work with I get a lot of people who are interested in writing books. <laughs> That's like a big thing. They they just want to know like how do I get started? So that and obviously nonprofits. I work with people a lot on branding. So not just like kind of the fluffy stuff, but from a marketing perspective, like, who are you? What are you what are you trying to market? What's your product? Like let's let's strategize. I'm more on the strategy end of things versus you know, actually doing the work for you. Like, I'm not going to do that, but I can help you strategize. Um, I dibble and dabble in the music industry because that's my passion. So sometimes, you know, I've helped on projects uh, for artists because it's just a passion of mine. But, and I, and I consult with nonprofits. So sometimes I go in and speak to their leadership teams and help them out with different challenges that they have going on. So all of that's on my website. It just kind of talks about, you know, how I can help in those buckets.
1: That's perfect. So for everyone that's now like, cool, what's the website? What's the website? What are the handles? Like, how can everybody find you and connect with you?
0: Yeah, aliciaadamson.org. I'm most active on my Instagram, at least with my pictures. (laughs) So that's aliciaadam, I I think thirty-two on Instagram. Um, I'm still learning this TikTok thing, Kara. So if you have any um, any tips, I'm on TikTok because my children are, but I do want to utilize TikTok. It it seems fun, but mainly LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and my email, um, which is connected to my website. You can get in
1: touch with me. Perfect, and we'll have all that in the show notes as well for everyone to go find. Um, we'll. I am by no means a TikTok expert, but I think for who you are and what you're up to, make a bite size, right? Like you have so much personality and wisdom and experience, like go have fun with it. Go have fun with it. Well, we ask everybody on the Powerful Ladies podcast, where you put yourself on the Powerful Lady scale, zero being average everyday human and 10 being the most powerful lady possible. Where would you put yourself today? And where do you think you put yourself on average?
0: Oh man, today I would say like an 8. <laughs> um cuz I'm always there's always room to grow.
1: And on average, I would say yeah, like I I can float.
0: On my on my worst days I'm like a 7.
1: Not bad, not bad at all. I like it. Um well, I would love to give you space for any other words of wisdom, books you recommend, quotes, what do you want everyone listening to be left with?
0: Yeah, I would say um, two things. One, actually three. One, I recommend that you journal. Journal is powerful. Journaling is powerful. The most powerful people in the world, world leaders journaled. Um, You need a space to unpack all the things that you're feeling, experiencing, thinking through ideas. Like let your journal be be your, um, your luggage to unpack your things. Second, I would definitely start your day with prayer, meditation, and gratitude, just right until you don't have anything else to say. I am grateful for, dot, dot, dot. The biggest thing I'm grateful for right now is my my right mind. I can't tell you how many women I've talked to who are battling depression and anxiety, it's at an all time high. And that's my third point because of this pandemic please 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 do not listen to the thoughts of 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 suicidal thoughts or that tomorrow is can't be a better day like don't don't isolate yourself please I don't care how ashamed you feel how lonely you feel pick up the phone and call somebody and tell them i I, I need I need help I need you to come stay with me or get in your car and go to someone's house. Like let's not be ashamed to need someone. And I say that without tears coming to my eyes because so many people, Kara, so many women are isolated and they're feeling like they can't actually tell the truth that they're not okay. And that they feel like they're losing their mind or they feel like, they just want to end it or if they just slip away. And I'm here to tell you that you have a future and a hope and that your life matters and you don't have to slip away. And there are people here that, that understand where you're at and that can help you. So please reach out.
1: I love that. Well, I could talk to you for hours. There's so many more questions I have. We'll have to have you back on again But thank you so much for being a yes to powerful ladies, a yes to the women in your life, a yes to you being your truth with your freedom and just being the stand that you are. Like, Just thank you. We need more people like you. And we need more people like you in the world.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for doing this. Um, I appreciate you for using your platform.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. All the links to connect with Alicia are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com forward slash podcast. There you can also leave comments and ask questions about this episode. Want more powerful ladies? Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. We can also find some free downloads to start being powerful today. Subscribe to this podcast and help us connect with more listeners like you by leaving us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you're looking to connect directly with me, please visit CaraDuffy.com or follow me on Instagram at Kara underscore Duffy. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then... I hope we're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.